I think from my point of view, having a forum, if, if there isn't a forum in your workplace and, and you're confident enough to set one up, then, you know, set one up and become a menopause champion. We have mental aid um, first aiders, become a menopause champion. There's plenty of training out there. I think that's key. The, the forum I set up, it's, as I said, it's, it's proven valuable to everyone. So I think if you've got the confidence and you've got the network in the organisation, then start small, which I've done, and then aim, aim high um, and ask for that invite to be forwarded on because, um, having that support network being able just to talk to other women about what you're going through is just so key for everyone hello and welcome to voices with talking talent the podcast that explores the real issues people face in the workplace this is a space to have the open and brave conversations that inspire change and spark action We're Talking Talent, and every week we'll be joined by a different guest. Stay tuned for discussions on the issues that business leaders are trying to overcome and what the future looks like for truly diverse and inclusive organizations. Hi, everybody. I'm Lucinda Quigley, Executive Coach at Talking Talent, and I'm here today to facilitate a conversation as part of our Talking Talent Voices podcast series. Now, today we're going to be looking at the really important subject of challenging workplace attitudes to menopause. And to explore this subject a bit more, I'm joined by Melanie Liebold and Catherine Kohler. So I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. Melanie, do you want to go first? Yes, hello, and um, thank you for having having me today for this topic that's very close to my heart. Um, I work for a leading asset manager, heading up a client operational management team, and I also lead the DNI part of the women's network that we have within our organisation. I've been in finance for about twenty years, so um, this will be very close to quite a few women within the asset management industry or any industry. Brilliant, thank you, Catherine. Let's hear from you. Yes, thank you for inviting me to this today. Absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, I just love talking about menopause. I'm Catherine Colas. Obviously, you've just said that. And my speciality is now training in the workplace. So we're talking to the workplace all the time. We're training managers to understand and support women in the workplace because nobody's getting the right information. There's just so much stigma still surrounding menopause. But women are still unhappy about talking about it. And line managers are mostly men and they just don't know how to deal with it. But there, there are nuggets. There are good nuggets out there. I keep hearing stories about um, some young line managers who are wanting to support women in their teams. And we're, we're, it's really happening now. Glad to see it. Brilliant. And hopefully you can both share some of those important nuggets of information with our listeners today, because we want to be able to give you listening to this, some ideas about what you can take back to your workplace to put into action to help those experiencing the menopause. So let's have a little look back over the past decade, because we know that change is occurring. But Catherine, let's start with you. What would you say that workplaces have improved in terms of their attitudes and treatment? How how are they doing that? What are you seeing? Well, I would say that actually it's happening today. So much has happened. Even this year, we've got the celebrities coming out and talking about it. Things are happening in Parliament. Ten years ago, and I I started doing this over ten years ago, 
it was a desert. Nobody wanted to, to talk about this. Women were frightened to put their hands up and say that they were experiencing symptoms and challenges. They didn't have anyone to talk to and they were resigning. And we now have evidence to show that that's happening. And it's such a loss to the workplace of all that talent. So 10 years ago, it was an absolute desert. Everybody was frightened of the word. You know, I would be doing a presentation. They say, do you have to put menopause in the title? <laughs> Actually, that's what we're talking about. So yes, but we've got over ourselves, thank goodness. And it's a completely different a different place today that, that we are looking at willingness from both women and men and the workplace to actually talk about this subject and not only talk about it, to start doing something about it to support it happening in the workplace, to support their line managers, to support the women. So it's, it's a good place today. It's getting better. And it's even filtering into um, schools, I believe. I've heard from a couple of friends how they're teenage sons in particular have come home and had some sort of quite honest and open conversations so I think that's fantastic as well isn't it that you know the new generation of, of you know workers coming up will already be open to having having those conversations yes Melanie what are you seeing in your workplace in terms of the changes in attitude I think I'm the same as Catherine it's, it's come a long way and I think there's still some way to go I think it's really like mental health was about 10 years ago it's still a bit of a to do taboo subject um I'm very open about it at work um others can be open about it but then not everyone wants to talk about it so I think probably people might feel they're not supported within the workplace um I think celebrities have definitely helped uh there's also celebrities that have written books as well which are references for the struggles that they've been through tips that they've worked I mean I've read quite a few um but I, I still think there's still a bit of a way to go with regards to making this a big topic in in organizations yeah it, it feels like tip of the iceberg stuff yeah. doesn't it at the moment and and also that that progress needs to keep happening we can't just kind of stall and think that we know it all and that we've done it all in the workplace um and I think that's a really important message isn't it that we don't want this just to be a, a tick box exercise this is about continually understanding um, and supporting people. When progress doesn't happen, why is that? Why do some companies not make progress? Catherine, what do you see here? I mean, what I'm seeing is why they're not making progress, because I think it's down to the leadership. If you have somebody in the, in the leadership of the organization who perhaps is of an older generation, where we just had to button up and get on with it in past times and they're still not seeing the need to want to do something about it and then it would be that it has value to their organization to do something about it uh, and and that's very sad and um, but the younger generation coming through are definitely willing to uh, take on new things get the understanding out there talk about this in the open and do something but I think it's it's stuck at the top. We need the C-suite. We need buy-in from the C-suite to acknowledge this and lead from the top and say, we're acknowledging this. We're passing it on to so-and-such a department you'll be hearing from there. And so it filters down through the organisation. Yeah, and of course, with most C-suite positions still being filled by men, it's really important, isn't it, that we, you know, enable men to be able to have these conversations because, yes. so, you know, things are being done to address that balance. I think it's important to say that. And maybe men of a generation that 
would just find these conversations really, really uncomfortable. So I think, you know, that that is important to, to point out. We we know that it's not necessarily an easy, easy transition to make. But I think what we're saying here is that the benefits of doing it far outweigh the risks uh, in terms of making sure that you keep that key. Yeah. And interestingly, I had a conversation with somebody the other day who said that 40% of their board are female of a certain age. Now, what would happen if uh, they all disappeared? The, you yeah. know, the whole thing collapses. Yeah. So, something to bear in mind. Absolutely. Melanie, what do you think, either from your own personal experience or at work, what do you think is the greatest misconception that people have had about about the menopause in the workplace? I think it's more that people just may potentially see it as only a hot flush or HRT will sort it out. And it's so much more than that. It's so much more. I think there's about 40 symptoms from brain, you know, brain frog, which is awful when you're walking into a meeting and you just can't remember what you're about to say to hair loss, to weight gain, to the anxiety that comes around it, the confidence. Um, and also it's not all about HRT. Some people can't take HRT. Some people don't want to take an HRT. So I think some people might think that HRT is a quick fix and it will sort it all out, but it, it is so much more than that. And everyone is so different as well. Mm. I, we did um, we did a podcast on this earlier on in the year with um, uh, one of our partners, a GP. And I think she referenced the fact that also, you know, it is a real spectrum in terms of what people experience. So it's something like a third of people, you know, have fairly mild symptoms. A third of people have difficult symptoms and a third of people experiencing it really, really struggle. And if you think about that as, an, as a percentage of the population, you know, it is really important that these people are supported in the workplace. What about you, Catherine? I, I think the interesting thing as well is, you know, for me, the misconception is around age. So can you just talk a little bit detail-wise about, you know, who are the people that we should be supporting in the workplace? Who are the demographic? Uh, well, it's everyone, really. Uh, you know, I, I created a document that I call Menopause Traffic Lights, and it goes through the different age, the different hormonal age groups rather than the standard HMRC age groups, if you like. And so for every, from starters in the workplace, right up to postmenopause and older people, there is something for everyone because we've got early menopause coming uh, into, coming to light more and more. It's being more and more recognized. And of course, hormones start changing around the age of 35 and women are being diagnosed with a acute, acute estrogen deficiency. And in other words, that's menopause. And so I think if understanding it from that perspective, acute estrogen deficiency, perhaps that throws a different light on it. Because if you have a deficiency, then you need to do something to support that, to help that, to help the person that's experiencing that. And so perhaps we need to look through a different lens to understand it better. And women are working longer the first time ever. So women are making history in whichever way you look at it working through menopause for probably the first time ever working full time and not knowing what to do about it, what, what support's available, how they can get support, whether it's in the workplace or outside the workplace. There's a, a big hole, a black hole where they're not, nobody's telling women what they need to know. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, this is, is really important, isn't it? Because I think when it comes to misconceptions, I think because of the lack of information that is out there, that's what causes the misconceptions one of the things that occurred to me while you were talking there Catherine and I don't know what your 
observations are around this, Melanie, is that often this, the crucial period, you know, for women, sort of the perimenopause and intermenopause period can often take place when they're experiencing a lot of other life changes as well. What have, what have you seen in the workplace? I guess for myself, it was it was a time of a, a loss in 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 my my family, as it were, my father. But I think it's something that can creep up on you, and it can just take you by surprise. I don't. You know, there's no set age. I think there's always a stigma around you've got to be fifty or above or whatever to to be going through it. But I think it can hit you at any any stage. Anything can bring it on quickly. But I think it's just the awareness that it can creep up on you before you even know it. You're having a hot flush and then that takes you by surprise as to why is that happening. So I don't know if it's necessarily life changes. It can be, as, as I said, but I think it's just, I think any, whatever age, it's just the awareness around it can hit you at any age, I think really is the key thing. Yeah. I, I think the point that I was sort of alluding to was the fact that it, it was sort of coming off what Catherine said around the fact that women now who are experiencing this are often in very busy, demanding jobs, working full time, whereas they might not have been but also some of them will also be experiencing those who've had children might have might be experiencing they might have quite young children you know demanding young families they may be at a stage where their children are going to university that sort of emptiness so it's the other you know the additional um i suppose challenges that also go alongside you know managing and and then sometimes that's why you know maybe the sim- i don't know uh, you know i i know anecdotally from my friends you know sometimes the symptoms can just get dismissed as you know sort of stress or you know not not really noticed because we also know that you know you know lots of people aren't particularly good at putting themselves first either or seeking help in these situations so let's talk about what employers can do because i think this is the really important bit that we want to be able to support employers firstly let's talk about workers who are experiencing the menopause so Catherine, what do you think workers, uh, employers should do, sorry, to support employees who are experiencing perimenopause and menopause? Well, I think one of the first questions that we're always asked is how do we start the conversation? And we say, well, we've already started it. You're here with us now, just as we are here today. We've started talking about menopause. So this is the start of your conversation. You go back to your teams and you say, guess what? We've been talking about menopause today. I never thought in a million years I'd be listening to uh, a subject about menopause, but it was so interesting. And that stimulates the conversation. It brings everybody else into it. And then you can develop that conversation. Some people set up uh, networks within the organization so that the women can talk. But I think we need to bring men into it as well because they are such a critical part of uh, of this whole factor. If women are going through menopause, they have partners, they may be same-sex partners, all sorts of things are going on, but managers have got wives, partners at home, and uh, the dynamic is just shared across the age group. There's, there's a woman somewhere or anyone born with a reproductive system will experience menopause, and that is affecting the people around them. And so that's what we need to address and just open up the conversation. And once you start that, it becomes so much more easier. And then you say, well, who else needs to know about this? What do they need to know? What do our managers need to know to help support our staff? How can we do that? Um, Shall we get a team together to organize it? And and so you begin, you get the ball rolling and uh, it starts to become more organized 
And then the other staff can say, oh, they're doing something about menopause. That's great. How can we get involved? And, and so it builds the momentum and things start to happen. Yeah, fantastic. So creating those spaces for people to talk to each other. Melanie, I think you've got experience yeah. of, of doing this. Can you tell us what, how that helped? In, in your experience? Yeah, very much so. When I started going through it a few years ago, there was, there was, no, there was no support at all within the organisation and I felt very much alone. And as, as times evolved, I just thought, I'm part, I'm part of the Women's Network, I need the DNI side, I've set up these forums. So I've set up the forums, it's very much in its infancy, I've set it up during COVID because I think COVID also had an impact on anxiety side of things. And it's been great. We have we have people from the Women's Network and other departments trying to forward on the invite so there's more people attending it, which they do. And it's, it's an open chat, it's not recorded, it's not used for anything, it's just for the women to talk about their experiences, to talk about what works for them, what doesn't work for them, um, to feel that they've got that support, that they can offload and talk about what they're going through so that they know they're not going mad. Um, but I think there's an element of, you know, we're trying to now look at train the manager, which is quite interesting, Kevin, from what you said, is train, train the manager. And I'm part of the diversity project and they're looking at training the manager as well. Um, I think there's a session in September around this because as, as Catherine mentioned, a lot of the senior leadership can be male and they're going to be going through it because they're partners and it's, it impacts everyone, partners, families, colleagues, everyone. So the forums that I hold, I'm hoping will get more momentum and they've only just started. I know in other organisations, some of them have got a great momentum and with high numbers. Um, so that's what I, I'm aiming to be towards the high end. But I just think you need that. You need that network. You need to be able to talk to someone about it just to say, is this normal what I'm going through? And it might not be because everyone's different, but just just to feel that you can talk to someone is, is just so much of a benefit. Yeah, because I think it can be an assumption sometimes. Maybe women, you know, have friendship groups and they have networks outside of the workplace that will enable them to have these conversations. But actually for a lot of people, that's not true. Um, and particularly in some cultures as well, it's going to be very difficult to have these conversations in, you know, in a home or a family setting. So it is important that the workplace does create these spaces, uh, safe places to have these conversations. What about people who who are on the other side? Catherine, I'm wondering if you can tell us, you know, is there anything that you think workplaces can do to support people who are on the other side of people who've gone through it? Yes. Uh, again, sometimes you hear a lot about, you know, the, the age of menopause is 52. That just means 12 months without menstruating. But of course, it starts with perimenopause. But also some women don't start to experience that the perimenopause symptoms until they are postmenopausal. So again, we are all different. But in any event, as we all age, we all need to be kept in that health and well-being loop where we're looking at type 2 diabetes, heart health, uh, dementia, and everything to keep ourselves well to stay productively in work, which is what so many men and women want to do. We don't necessarily want to retire. Uh, we want to carry on for as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it goes back to that retaining talent piece, doesn't it? How yes. do you enable people to have, have the careers that they want to in the way that they want to? And I think confidence is a big factor there, isn't it? Is making sure that we're really supporting people's confidence through that. Melanie, I'm wondering from your perspective, what are the barriers that potentially, and this might sound a bit controversial, we know obviously there's the fact that, you know, there's a lot of male leaders in the workplace can be, you know, can be challenging. What are the barriers that maybe women put in place about having these conversations, do you think? What stops them from talking about it? 
some people can be very open about what they're going through. Some people just don't feel that they can be open. And I found this on the forum. Some people won't talk, some people will do. But I think this goes back to knowing that you've got the support from, say, if your manager or your leader is, is, a, is a male, that they, they know about. And I think if, they, if you know that your manager's gone through the training and that they're aware of this, I think that then helps the conversation. I think women, you know, if we treat it as a taboo subject, then that's going to be treated as a taboo subject by, you know, a male leader. So I think it's a case of being open. I am open. I talk about it honestly at work, but also just having that confidence, actually, if you are talking to your manager who is a male, that they might say to you, how are you feeling today? Or you might, you shouldn't be afraid to say, oh gosh, I can't remember what, what I was about to say to you and not feel that that's going to have an impact on you or, you know, what your manager feels about you. So I think if there was that train the manager in place, it's, it's for women to have that confidence knowing that they can talk openly to their manager about it and not, not feel embarrassed about it at all. I think there's, a, there's another piece for me as well, isn't there, about the fact that you're not going to have everybody who's going to feel open but actually, if the spaces are created where they can listen to other people and still be part of that movement and that community, that is still serving a purpose. So not everyone should need to feel like they have to come and talk about their own experience, but it's about the fact that it's being acknowledged and recognised in the workplace. Because um, I think that's important, isn't it? You know, we can't expect everybody to be coming in and and talking about it really openly and honestly all any world to work would get done with it if that was the case <laughs> yeah well and there are just barriers aren't there you know some people just aren't aren't ever going to feel as, as confident as others to do that now I think this is an interesting one because I think you know in my experience with this managers in particular can sometimes feel that they don't do these things because they're worried about doing it in the right way and saying the right thing Catherine, in your experience, how can managers be helpful rather than maybe condescending in this in this situation? I think it's about it's about honesty, really. And and if you don't have the confidence to speak to a woman to open the subject about this, it's find out from somebody who does know how you can open that conversation. Um, and I think it's also stories are very powerful so if you're starting a group within your organization and you're getting women and men let's encourage the men to tell their stories about how menopause is affecting them at home and at work because uh, stories are very powerful and those people that you mentioned who don't often come forward and want to put their hand up and say something but they like to listen to the information don't forget some of those English may not be their first language and I know with one of our coaches it, that's happened with her she English is not her first language but she's beautiful to listen to she's brilliant to listen to and she casts su such a different dynamic on how she describes things happening with her in her own ethnicity and so it just brings it home to to others who are in a majority exactly how different things are being experienced in different ways it's about being honest and having conversations i've heard you know about young managers and a conversation i had this morning where a woman went to her much younger boss he was 35 she's approaching 50 and saying she didn't know how to have this conversation. She was so nervous, but she did speak to him about it. And he was very open and honest and said, honestly, I don't know anything about menopause. I don't know how to have this conversation with you. But as a result of that, they started having a conversation. 
it's just about being open and honest and not pretending uh, or trying to be something you're yeah absolutely I think that open and honest conversation piece and I, I always kind of just say you know it's about two humans sitting down and having a conversation about something I think sometimes the hierarchy can get in the way because I think particularly managers can feel like they have to have all the answers in these situations or have like a toolkit and actually yeah. what I say is in that toolkit just have your listening ears your listening ears and compassion and empathy and that's a really really good place to start what about you, Melanie? Any sort of practical tips do you think for managers to be able to have these conversations? I think you just said it. Show empathy. Don't brush it off. Um, someone could really be struggling with it. And I think, you know, we're not we're not just talking about male leaders here. You can have a female leader that might just sell through it, but it's for them to be aware that actually not everyone does sell through it. So I think, you know, that there's this this training which I think should be should be given to everyone. I think there should be more awareness in organizations around it. But I think it's definitely the listening element of it as well. And flexibility. Yeah. If, if if you're having a bad day or you've had a bad night for hot sweats for whatever reason and you, you can't log on at nine o'clock, then re realise the reason why that person can't log on at nine o'clock and that person should feel that they can't log on because, you know, for whatever reason, they might be needing to sleep. Let's face it, it's, it's, not, it's not a nice thing to go through. Yeah, absolutely. I always, I always talk about how do we set people up for success? You know, at all of the, with all of the different challenges that that people are having, I think absolutely it's about upskilling the managers, isn't it, to really feel confident in being able to have these conversations and also knowing what else is on offer. I think you know, really kind of making sure that their knowledge, you know, the education piece around what they can offer within the within the business. Is there anything specific that companies can do? I'll, I'll ask you first, Melanie. Is there anything specific companies can do to support? We've talked about partners. Do you think they need an, an additional separate space at all? Or how can companies support partners of people who are going through menopause? I think, I think there's, there's twofold really. The forum that I'm doing is, is at the moment, it's just for women, but we will open that up to men as well because we're very aware of the fact that partners and um, families are going to be impacted by this. Um, I think it's all about education. Um, I think supporting the partners. Uh, the Diversity Project is doing a session soon, I think in September, for partners, where partners are going to be talking about what their partners are going through um, to see the other side of it. So, you know, you've got to be very aware as a female that you, you're impacting your partner and your family life potentially. So I think there needs to be that open forum for the partners to feel that they can dial in or they can join and they can then talk about their experience if they want to, or they can listen to, you know, other people of what they're experiencing. So my aim eventually will be with these forums that I'm holding that, that I will do a partner one and I will have women on there as well um, for the women that, that do want to be vocal about it. But um, I think it's just that education that's that support for everyone. It's not just females, it's for, it's for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Any, any partner who's experiencing yeah. it. What about you, Catherine? Is there anything particularly that you think works for, for supporting partners? Yeah, I, you know, relationships are so important in our lives. And when women start going through menopause, perimenopause, experiencing these crazy symptoms, relationships break down more than, than we are admitting to. Uh, I nearly had a, a terrible divorce uh, because I didn't even know I was going through menopause at the time. So relationships are, are uh, pivotal to our everyday lives in, on so many levels. And so, yes, we do have to bear that in mind. And that's why it's very important to bring everybody to the table to talk about this. It's not just a women's issue. Women are experiencing it. 
but it's affecting everybody around around them and that's what we need to address that's what we need to uh, have a general conversation about where we all feel comfortable and know that we have somewhere to go if we want to make it private and personal we can do that if we're happy to have an open forum we can do that as well and those that listen will listen so it's something to suit everybody but it's about the conversation yeah it's so interesting I think the partners piece you know I've heard from a few sort of people that I know that actually it was their partners that spotted the changes before they did partner one story in particular where you know someone said to me you know it's my partner that sat me down and said something's not right here you know I want to be able to help you you know you you've been a bit different recently how can we you know how can we work through this together um and what an amazing you know experience to have that but of course that also doesn't happen for for everybody so I think yeah absolutely we need to acknowledge that this is something that is going to affect everyone in the workplace and create those spaces for it to be talked about so I think we've covered quite a lot, but I think it would be really useful for both of you to give maybe a, a sort of a one key takeaway for our listeners. Um, what's the one thing that you would want the people listening within the workplace to take away and maybe put into action or think about? Melanie, what would be your key takeaway? I think from my point of view, having a forum, if, if there is a forum in your workplace and, and you're confident enough to set one up, then, you know, set one up and become a menopause champion. We have mental aid um, first aiders, become a menopause champion. There's plenty of training out there. I think that's key. The, the forum I set up, is, as I said, is, is proven valuable to everyone. So I think if you've got the confidence and you've got the network in the organisation, then start small, which I've done, and then aim, aim high um, and ask for that invite to be forged on because um, having that support network, being able able just to talk to other women about what you're going through it's just so key for everyone yeah and with your menopause champions what's their role can you just say a little bit about that because I think that's helpful to kind of be really clear what 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 do they do listen just really be there to listen as I said some people not don't want to talk in a big forum um but be there as someone to listen and I have people reach out to me separately just to as a sounding board just to say you know is this normal what are you going through um and it is just really just to listen and so that they feel that they're not they're not going through it on their own fantastic thank you and Catherine let's ask you what's your takeaway for our listeners well, everything that Melanie said, of course, and that I would also say on a personal level, uh, awareness of your, your own health, awareness of how your own body works and the changes that you can see happening that you may not have recognized previously or you can't put a name to it, so many things you can't give a name to, but just awareness of it, watch your health. Um, look at your lifestyle. Our bodies are changing, women's bodies are changing. And what we've done in the past often doesn't work anymore. We can just look at our uh, nutrition and well-being in so on so many other levels. But that's going to work towards a better quality of life and a longer life. So we need to be health, health awareness. And if something's changed and you're not quite sure what it is, talk to somebody about it. Not necessarily your GP, but if you're in a forum, or any kind of chat groups where you feel comfortable talking about different things. Say, well, I'm experiencing this. Has it got anything to do with perimenopause? Is it something completely different? Um, in, in any event, I think if women are, are worried about anything in particular, they should go to their doctor. But on so many other different levels, we can just have that conversation and say, oh, I'm experiencing this. 
what do you think? Is anybody else experiencing it? What did you do about it? How did you feel? And then it's just, when when I first started doing this about menopause, it was because I realized that nobody was telling women what they need to know. And they're still not. There's not not enough information out there for women. And uh, when you think this is happening to 50% of the population, and yet we still don't know the basics, what's happening? Why is that happening? So it's self-awareness, I think, is paramount. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's a really important message and really kind of brings in the well-being side of this, doesn't it? And how companies can really lean into that. This isn't just you know, solely about the menopause. This is about how women's health in general and how that, you know, all comes together to ensure that we're, you know, encouraging all of our workforce to to be healthy uh, so they can have not just the career, but also the lives that they want as well. Um, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. It's been a really interesting and also very important conversation. So thank you very much and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Talking Talent. We're a coaching organization that helps you develop, advance, and retain your talent. Together, we can create a more inclusive culture where your people and your organization can thrive. You can visit us online at talking-talent.com. That's talking-talent.com. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you.